Hey, this is Ash Cash with another awesome episode of the Ash Cash Show. So we kick off Mental Health Awareness Month with our resident psychotherapist, Dr. Asha Tari. We talk about everything, picking up from our conversation about Kanye West saying slavery is a choice to ego to slavery to, oh man, this was a, a really good discussion. So good that we actually didn't finish it. So there is a part two, and I'm telling you that ahead of time, but there is a part two, but check out part one of our conversation about mental health with Asha Tarry. WHCR 90.3 FM, New York. I ain't talking about rich, I'm talking about wet, wet, wet. Money ain't a thing. Money ain't a thing. Money in the bank. Money in the bank. We can talk, but money talks. So talk money. Ash cash show. 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 Show show. Ash cash 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 show. You are now tuned in to the Ash Cash Show. Your number one source for financial motivation. Get your mind and your money right. Happy Friday, my movers and shakers. Welcome to a wonderful Friday. Uh, we are excited about today uh, because this is the first Friday in May. And May is officially a Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we are excited because we're like, we're not even going to do daily word. We're not going to do brand new money. We just really want to start to, uh, you know, talk a little bit about uh, mental health awareness. Uh, but Mr. Shima Jones, D. West are in the building. How are you guys doing? We are happy to be here, right? Yeah. I know. I'm so used to like talking about brand new money. So they're going to keep the positive energy. Yes, we're happy to oh, be yeah. here, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm super excited that we are actually um, speaking about this topic, number one, and then having the platform to actually share um, with other people because it's definitely an important topic that um, in our cult- culture, we are just starting to really embrace and really speak about publicly. So definitely yes. excited about that. Yes. And so, you know, I mean, this is this is fitting because, you know, it's mental health awareness. We have a our resident psychotherapist in the building, Miss Asha Tari, and, and I'm going to, you know, read her bio uh, momentarily so we could give her the proper introduction. Uh, but, you know, Kanye <laughs> is still in the news. And so um, I, w- I want to talk Kanye, too. Because I feel like we, um, you know, I mean, we, we started talking about it offline uh, and and there's different opinions, you know, as to uh, what's going on. So I want to, you know, want to talk about that. But um, what are we doing? We do we do a music break. We jump right. Into um, let's just jump right let's in. Just... I think we, sh- we want to use this time to really um, to really express how we feel, of course, because I think we're all impacted by. <clears throat> 
public, you know, conversation. We're not all um, impacted. We're impacted in it's a, a sense. Choice. No, we're impacted, but we may, a choice. we're impacted, but we may well, not be influenced. It's a choice. It's a choice. <laughs> we're impacted, you but we may really, not be influenced. Really? We may not be influenced, but we are impacted by our our culture's conversation. Four years of social media? Come on really? now. Let's, <laughs> that's a choice. Let's roll to the bio. <laughs> All right. So, so we have Miss Asha Terry in the building. She is a certified life coach and licensed psychotherapist. As a treating provider, Asha has the experience and skills to transform lives. The work she provides as a life coach to individuals, couples, groups, and small business entrepreneurs is based in the philosophy that we all need each other to grow and develop as human beings. Asha's unique approach to life coaching is based on an innate desire to see people succeed and live a life by design with love and purpose. She is curious, transparent, and supportive of her clients in fulfilling their goals. And with almost 18 years, 18 years? Really? That's a choice of experience in the industry of social services. Who, who would expect anything less? As a psychotherapist, Asha has provided counseling to hundreds of clients with challenges in several areas of their lives, including intergenerational trauma, Immigrant assimilation and acculturation. I tried that a bunch of times before. <laughs> I knew I was going to mess it up. Sexual, psychological, and physical abuse, severe mental abuse, and workplace aggression, just to list a few. She has been called upon to discuss mental health issues to both small and large audiences as an expert on health panels, a guest on national radio broadcasts, and as a writer and consultant for publications and special projects, including films. In her spare time, like she has spare time, but in her spare time, Asha devotes her time to independent learning, self-development, social justice, and mental health awareness caring for aging relatives and traveling as someone who loves to learn and advance the well-being of others particularly people of the african diaspora asha doesn't slow down to the stressors of the world always looking to develop her identity as a change agent and community leader she hopes to one day travel the globe doing philanthropic work for women and children aiding in the healing of the traumatic experience of being black in America and the world. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause. Karen, how are you? I'm doing great. That was quite a bio. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I know mean, you were going to read the whole thing. No, yes. but you know what? It's important <laughs> because I want people to, you know, every guest that we have is important, and I want everyone to, you know, get the full depth of who we're bringing in. They can understand that these aren't just people who woke up and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is, these are people who are dedicated. Um, and so that's why I wanted to read the bio. Um, I mean, you're a guest in the room. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know. Should we start with asking her who, who you know, to... Who is Asha Terry now? Oh. (laughs) Because you were here. Who is Asha Terry now? I'm always becoming. (laughs) And that's um, an evolutionary process, so I don't define it. Mm. I think becoming is something I wake up to every day, influenced by everything around me, from friends and family to people I have yet to meet and work with. So I'm very open to and receptive as much as I can be to new experiences. 
Um, and because I'm like that now, and I practice the state of mindfulness all day, every day, it has really changed the way I see things, mm. um, the way I see myself in the world, and the way that I am with people. Nice. So that's who I am. Beautiful. Nice. Well, welcome back. Yes. Thank you. It's been um, a while since it, I've been here. Right. Yes. It's been a while. But it's not a while since we've seen you. No. That's the yes. good thing, that's right? Good. <laughs> yes. yes. So. Kanye. So let's let's lay the foundation. Do we want to start, start, yeah, start with Kanye? I think so. Mental Health Awareness yes. Month. Mm-hmm. Yes. There are a lot of people saying that, you know, Kanye has some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that he said was slavery was... I mean, we talked about this last week, but he didn't say slavery was a choice last week. No. Nah, this no. Is That's new. why... New, yeah, right? yeah, what, yeah. Was what was last week? Last week was what? Last week was just. (laughs) Oh no, his tweets. He was tweeting. Yeah, it was just the MAGA MAGA hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is is new. So it's all fresh. It's all. All right. So who wants to go first? Like what? Like well, where where do we want to go with it? I mean, I I would say number one, being that it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and on top of that, people are you know suggesting. Even he himself has admit. You know, he's admitted to being depressed, being insecure, um, feeling an indifference just with his celebrity saying, you know, he got liposuction because he didn't want people to speak to him, how they spoke to Rob, his brother-in-law. So there has been an expression of a mental space that isn't, I guess, his healthiest. So my thing is, let's just start with being a celebrity. Mm. What does that do to the mind? Mm. What does that do to the spirit from from what you know and and, and, um, maybe the people that you've coached and things of that nature, what is what does celebrity itself and fame do to the mind, do to the human spirit? That's a broad question that if we could answer it in just this way, I would say if you already have a fractured or an unstable ego, and the ego in this way I'm talking about is the personality, then anything that pressurizes that, whether it's responsibility whether it's fame or fortune or notoriety, it can exacerbate already existing fractures in that person's behavior. Mm. So it doesn't have to be fame necessarily. Um, Anyone with a lot of power or influence can fall into the same category. So Kanye isn't different in that way. Kanye was always deemed as a genius since the day he walked onto the stage. And I think people still think of him that way. And as we go back in history, geniuses have always been seen as crazed. Mm -hmm. So I think what we're seeing is someone who's been under a tremendous amount of stress Mm -hmm. from as much as we know, dating back to maybe the loss of his mom, through this relationship with his wife that's been publicized in terms of the multiple times we've seen that they may be breaking up or getting back together, difficulties with her pregnancy, um, the family that he's a part of, all of these other things. And then there was a point that we didn't even see Kanye. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think there's a lot of reasons why people are making judgments about his character. They're not new judgments. I think people Mm -hmm. are offended by what he's saying because he does have a platform that people listen to. And there is question as to whether he's saying this to just get record sales for his upcoming album or if he's saying this because he's totally uninformed and so detached from the black community, the average black person, that it just seems so far fetched. And I don't know, because I feel like, um, you know, and so, so he did an interview with uh, Charlemagne the God on his YouTube page. 
Um, and it's about an hour and 45 minutes. And in listening to the interview, um, I, you know, I believe his intentions are, you know, are pure. Um, and even, you know, even some of the stuff that he said on TMZ. Um, and so he did, you know, he did sort of imply that, you know, slavery was a choice. And I mean, he, he actually said those words, right? He actually said those words. Uh, but later in him trying to explain what he meant, he wasn't necessarily or, or he was trying to say that, um, you know, there are things that we can do now like let's not focus so much on the past let's focus on what we could do now and even when he's talking about you know loving uh you know donald trump or just loving people and he's just saying that you know one one of the clips and i wish i could pull it up but one of the clips he says that you know einstein says that and you know if you keep doing the same thing over and over it's insanity um and we've tried to uh, you know, we tried everything with war, but let's 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 you know do things in, in love. And I do think that um, you know he's been attacked uh, you know a lot in the in, in the media. Um, but all that aside, um, you know, what would you say? You know, the 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 ramifications are of putting uh, from a psycho you know psychological standpoint, and not necessarily Kanye himself, but you know putting. Um, other people's opinions so so much in high regard, right? Um, and the reason why I say that is because um, there's been a lot of uproar about what Kanye has been saying. A lot of people who I respect dearly have been, you know, attacking Kanye. Um, and I personally feel like it is a it is dangerous when uh, somebody has such strong of a voice that. It allows other people who normally wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't come out of character to come out of character. Um, and so, you know, what does that say to the thought processes of people? But then also, um, you know, the times that we're living in that, you know, some, somebody could say something on social media and it really uh, affects people to, to the point where people are like, I am hurt. I am dis- disappointed. Like people, you can see the, the rage in, in, in people. So let me clarify the question. Is it how should people feel about giving someone with that kind of prestige that much attention? Or is that pretty yeah, much that, what you're asking? Yeah, that, yeah, that's similar to my question. You know, going from the idea of fame to then that fame influencing a group of people, not necessarily swaying them in one direction or the other, but just influencing them in a way that there is a reaction, especially people who are just as successful in their own right. Um, what what does that say about the psychology of the pers- the receiver of this person's words or comments? I actually agree with something we were talking about um, offline a little while ago, which is, I think it's based in who you are, the person that's receiving the information, how you're going to react or respond to that. When I heard Kanye speaking on TMZ about slavery as a choice, I wasn't offended. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't offended because it wasn't inflammatory. It was an inflammatory statement. But I wasn't offended because every day I work on my education. I work on ways in which I could improve my community I work on ways in which I can engage with other people with more knowledge to build upon my knowledge. So people that I know in those same arenas are doing this work every day to heal and educate ourselves and our people. So that kind of information to us is like it doesn't touch us in the same kind of way because we know better. Mm-hmm. And and therefore, when you know better, can someone's statements offend you 
in a way that maybe you never thought about it before, only if you're not doing your own self-work around making sure that you put in daily work towards building and educating yourself and your communities and all those that are going to come behind you. Mm -hmm. Um, We are living in a time where, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your perspective, celebrities are given too much power with their words and how people look to them for answers to things that they do not have. Mm-hmm. There was a time when you looked towards your teachers or your civil leaders or your pastors or your you know, imams for that kind of information and guidance. But now we're looking at people like Jay and Beyonce, the goddess in our relationships. We're looking at all these other kinds of celebrities for how to lead us. And I don't think that that's the kind of responsibility they should have, nor should we give them. Mm -hmm. We should be looking back at our parents and our teachers and our environments to educate our children and educate those of us who are still undereducated about our history. Mm -hmm. So when we do hear things like that that are taken either out of context or inflammatory, we can go around and say, you know what? We know better. We know that this is an off-color statement. Mm -hmm. Whether he's aware of it or not has really nothing to do with the majority of the people who are already aware at the same time. So all of these folks like bloggers and black celebrity journalists that are doing damage control right now about Kanye, uh, how, you know, beneficial really is that? Because the information has already touched the public so people can form their own opinions as they will and have about him and what he has to say. I think what's hurt me about this, and, and I'm not on the side of pro-Kanye or anti-Kanye, but when it comes down to being someone who has a responsibility as a therapist to try to put into context the way people respond to things that are very hurtful, especially from someone that is originally from our communities. Um, I have to look at it and say, you know, why are people responding that kind of way? Even when people have used the N-word to describe Kanye, have called him an idiot and a Mm. fool, um, he's crazy. All of these different labels that they've given this man because he said something that they totally knew was not fact. Mm -hmm. And he did it on such a public platform that now it reaches so many people. But if you're already teaching your kids, what he has to say is not relevant. Right. Definitely. Um, so I don't, I don't have that kind of concern. I just think that we should work towards not trying to covet Kanye, hold him responsible for what he's saying. And just as I would if I was treating someone who was delusional, I would not fight the delusion because mm. all you're going to create is more mania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we have to see what's going to come next out of Kanye's mouth, mm-hmm. right? Because it's just going to be more maniacal stuff, more damage control, all this stuff to try to cover up what he did and what he said, and it might just create more madness. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't fight the delusion. What I would do is join in him thinking that this is what it is and then gently bring some information to the table and have them on a show like a Roland Martin show or have them on your show or have them on anyone's show that's doing the work in the community to say, okay, can you show and prove fact about how for 400 years people who were enslaved and brought against their will through the diaspora chose to stay in that condition? Can you show me fact of there being no evidence of them trying to rebel at any time in the course of history? He wouldn't be able to do that. And the interesting Mm -hmm. thing about the comment that he made um, in connection with the conversation he had off to the side with the journalists at TMZ was that he seems open to correction and open to apology because he apologized 
to Van and said, I'm sorry that I hurt you. I'm sorry that I offended you. So again, I think he's in the process of processing his thoughts and processing whatever it is that he may be experiencing. I Part of me, because of his own admission, saying, you know, that he's been going through some things, part of his delivery may be because of the things he's going through emotionally. But I do believe that in his heart, he feels as if he's doing something positive. It may be in his delivery. And what I also wanted to add was, how is it that we as a community, this is also a reflection of us as a culture and as a community. I, I, I crossed something online that said, you know, Harvey Weinstein, I believe that he is of the Jewish faith. And it was said that his, the Jewish community is not posting these types of responses to his behavior. They aren't reacting publicly. Perhaps there are conversations on the side, but they're not reacting publicly. And I say that to say that we as a culture, we we have to do what he's doing for Trump yeah. is get, share that love, share that prayer, share, you know, go to him on a private level. Half of these people who are posting their reactions publicly have PR people that can directly contact Kanye. It's not they, they don't have to share these thoughts publicly to millions of people. So I think it not only displays Kanye's level of consciousness, but it also displays how we are as a community and how we choose to treat our brothers and sisters when there is some type of, you know, behavior that is maybe offensive, you know? So I think that's that's another level that people hopefully are able to see is that based on our brother saying this particular comment, what do we do with that hurt? Do we hurt him back? Because that's what's happening. Right. Or do we love him as he's trying to love someone else who has displayed hurtful behavior? So um, that's just interesting, the psychology of the culture yep. versus just one person. Well, if I was to go back in history a couple of, you know, times, I think um, in a few decades back, <clears throat> we think about our civil leaders like Malcolm and MLK, they disagreed in public as well as in private. Um, it was no secret that there was tension between Malcolm and Martin, even up towards the end of their time together on this earth. Mm -hmm. um, did that mean that they couldn't work together? They had different ways of trying to get people to the same end point. Uh -huh. um, and that's happened with Booker T. That's happened with W.B. Du Bois. I mean, all and the interesting thing about that is that at one point they were starting to see eye to eye. And that's another thing I think we need to be careful of, of is, is having a public opinion on a short term situation right. because you may one day, you know, get to that level of understanding e on either side. Right. And, 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 and that was that was that was actually my point. Um, and, and, and I love I love the point that you that you made um, about how we display uh, disagreements in in public because that's really uh, one of the points that I that I that I kind of take from it where um, you know I I kind of I don't think Kanye had, you know and it's my opinion I don't think that Kanye um, I don't think his intention was wrong and I don't think what he said was wrong um, I think that his delivery has always been wrong I think that he always delivers messages the wrong way um, I think that um, he also wants people to um, understand at his level of consciousness um, and and so instead of meeting people where they are you know he wants to you know he wants people to meet them where he is like fans is like you know I'm, I'm an avid reader I'm very you know very spiritual person and you know if you've read books like you know A Course in Miracles if you've read Four Agreements 
a lot of what he's saying is 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 regurgitate you know regurgitating a lot of those principles mm-hmm. like a course in miracles like you know the secret and the power and you know four agreements and things of that nature um uh, but because um we're you know we're at emotional times right now mm-hmm. um that you know, there's nothing that you can you know you you say what like people are ready, people are yes. born ready. Mm-hmm. You say you say something, uh, and people are ready to attack. People are ready to you know fight fire with fire. And I I just don't know, and and I don't I don't know you know uh, you know whether this is the right way or the wrong way or whatever. But I just don't know, uh, or or I think that it's dangerous to do that. Right, it's mm-hmm. dangerous for people to attack other people because of their opinion. Um, because one, like you said, um, what happens where, you know, Malcolm and Martin are going back and forth and, you know, publicly, uh, denouncing each other's methods. And then later on, you know, Martin Mm -hmm. says, yo, Malcolm was right. And now he's starting to, you know, ear towards that side. Now you sort of lose credibility first and foremost, right? Because you can't, you've been, you've been denouncing, you know, this guy's methods and things of that nature in public. But now, you know, you guys start to come together. It's like all of this, this, this separation, what was it for, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, we could have kind of, you know, listen, you know, hear each other, each other out and kind of work together. Um, one, and then two, um, it also puts people on a defensive and not want to um, state their opinion or fight against the masses even if the masses are wrong right and I and I and I'll give this this example um, imagine I mean we know that even during um, you know civil rights era that it wasn't only black people that were fighting for the freedom of black folks there were other you know like white folks that were that were also um you know thought thought it was wrong and sort of fought for it as well but imagine that there are you know because of propaganda there are a group of white folks that are like black people are the the most horrible beings on earth and they deserve to be enslaved and there are a group of white folks that are like nah I don't think so but because one, you know, opens their mouth and says, no, this is not right what we're doing. And that person gets publicly stoned or publicly, you know, humiliated mm-hmm. for opening up their mouth. What's going to happen to everybody else who agrees with that person or, or or everybody else who has a difference of opinion from the masses? What happens to that? And that's why I think it's dangerous what is happening to Kanye right now publicly is because if somebody, you know, has a difference of opinion in our community, if it's not, you know, what the masses believe, there's there's automatically memes and jokes and attacks. Like like some someone sick the crips on Kanye, hmm. right? Said, yo, you know, he's he's it's it's open season. Hmm. Like violently said, look, yo, any crips, if you see Kanye, wow. you, you know, like that's, it's open season on him. And I like, you that's know, sad. again. I don't think he. I don't think Kanye was wrong. I think that his delivery was wrong. I think that um, it's it was a soundbite. Uh, the way he said it, mm-hmm. um, you know, like that soundbite was 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 absolutely wrong. I think it was absolutely hurtful. But I think that if you listen to what he was saying about the community and 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 the power of now, um, he. I don't think he. I don't. I think. I think he knows that slavery wasn't a choice. 
He knows it wasn't a choice, mm-hmm. right? And he know you know he knows that, but he's think he's talking or he's processing, I believe, through the lens of you know power and thought, power and love, mm-hmm. uh, and and being able to change circumstances based on you know your thought process, things of that nature. And I think that's why he meant that it was a choice, but not like we chose to be in slavery, but more so, you know, you know, what was the, the thought process or the frame of mind. Uh but but again, I don't I don't I didn't speak to Kaya, so I don't know exactly <laughs> what he meant. But my point is um that I think that it's is dangerous the way people are reacting. And you know, I know people, you know, they say hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because we are hurt, you know, we look for an opportunity to hurt people back. What would you say? I have a few things I want to speak to, and we'll probably agree to disagree on this. Kanye has to be held responsible for what he said, whether it was a soundbite or not, because he said it. Mm -hmm. So to me, opinion is one thing, but slighting history is completely separate. This is a a person who stated something that is against history. Mm -hmm. And historically, there is much evidence that slavery was never a choice. So I think one of the things that's missing sometimes in our community, and this is what I started saying about the conflicts between the methodology between W.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington, MLK, Malcolm X, and several others, um, is that even in those times, they did publicly discourse on issues of the same nature and privately decided how collectively we could work together. But... At the same time, in our community right now, we don't have a strong collective of black civil leaders or influencers. And I don't talk, I'm not talking about like Instagram influencers, but people who have some real privilege and some real power, whether they're black journalists or educators or even specialists in this community of mental health that could do its own form of damage control around that because we don't even have a black network that could have talked to this issue or have invited Kanye on to a show to say, can you really just explain why you would go on a network like TMZ and say this about our people in a public way Mm -hmm. so that we could even, whether it is silence him like a lot of other communities do when people speak out against their own culture, or invite him into an educational forum to become reacquainted Mm -hmm. with his own blackness and try to get him to understand the power behind word and how influential he is. To me, it's a question of looking at how much influence does Kanye West have in the black community to make those kind of statements and people actually believe them or for people to feel threatened by it because they think that it threatens our security about what folks already have thought about us, which is that we should have freed ourselves a long time ago. We should be farther along from post-slavery than we are. I mean, I think this reverberates on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. It's not just because he said what he said. It's about people's idea around who we are, including us. So if you think that your ancestors could have freed themselves and they did not, if they weren't rebels, if they weren't Sojourner Truths, then you have a feeling about that. And I think the feeling is shame. So I think Kanye is ashamed that he comes from a history that mostly what people know in school is that you were a slave. Mm -hmm. 
And now in the textbooks, you don't even know that you were a slave because they're removing mm-hmm. anything about African-American history from the textbooks as is. So what are your children going to learn about their history unless someone tells you that you were a slave? That's all you were, as opposed to what you were before you were robbed of your culture, your languages and your traditions, before you were forced against your nature to come into this world, before you were raped, before you were mutilated and violated on multiple levels and annihilated along the way and even into this country and post-slavery. I think all of those things that so many other cultures from Asian Asian ethnic groups to white Jews even is that they honor their experience of trauma. Black folks don't. Mm -hmm. Most black folks are trying to escape and hide from the history because they think their history starts at slavery. Mm. It doesn't. Mm. So if we had more power in our community on a level of a time that was around during civil rights, maybe Kanye wouldn't have even been able to say something like that because we would have had more people in the forefront who would have already been out there talking about the power of our people. See, the, the misconception of what we thought Obama was going to do was rescue us and that never happened. So we're still in the same conditions that we were pre-Obama and people are still wondering who's going to come by and save us. Kanye's not that person. So I don't give my attention to him, but I still think he has to be held accountable for what he said. His delivery is irrelevant because the words are really what matters. His delivery doesn't change what he said. It's, you know, him going against history and making a comment like that. And that's where people have to come in and say, do you know about the Haitian rebellions? Do you know about uh, Toussaint L'Overture? Do you know about the Africans that were able to fight in the American Revolution? I mean, do you know about any of this history? Because what you're saying basically is that you have let the public world know you have no information. Right. And you're telling people that by saying what you're saying. So I think we have to work towards our own collective understanding about who we are. And we have to do that every single day. But at the same time, I do agree with you that the best way to hurt someone is by defaming them or trying to, you know, wipe away their credence in the industry in which they came. Because to me, his brilliance in music is untouchable. Uh But I don't look to Kanye to educate me on my world right, history. Right, absolutely. And we have to separate that out, too. Absolutely, absolutely. No, Definitely. I agree. I agree. All right, cool. We're going to take a quick music break. And when we come back, we're going to come back with more from our resident psychotherapist. This is Ash Cash, Mr. Shima Jones. Ash Cash Show. You are now tuned in to the Ash Cash Show. Your number one source for financial motivation. Get your mind and your money right. We are back to Ash Cash Show every Friday, 7 p.m. WACR 90.3 FM, New York, the voice of Harlem. Ash Cash, Mr. Seaman Jones. All right, so we, I mean, we were going to, because we are a finance show, and so we want to, uh, you know, we want to pivot and tie it into finances, but, <laughs> but, Behind the scenes, you know, I I have some you know have some questions though, right? And part of what I, you know, part of what I what, what my question uh, was behind the scenes was, you know, I have the ideology that says uh, focus more on your now than you do any uh, like the the past is the past. There's nothing you can do to to, to change the past, um, and it's important to know who you are. I think the past is important to. Uh, you know, build up your foundation of who you are 
Um, but at the same time, I think it's it's important to focus a lot on uh, who you know your your present. Um, and so, Asha, something you mentioned you know earlier was like it's important to like know your history. Um, and I and my question is, and it's not a naive question. Like I like I'm truly you know want to understand um, why is impo- why is it important to know that part of history right history of slaves and slavery in America that's 400 year period um, when there are and I'm not saying not not to know that history at all but there are uh, 3,000 or whatever thousands of years before that that are uh, I guess more empowering than that portion of time and so uh, as, as it relates to us as people moving forward um, you know, why should there be a focus on that? You're a person that believes in science, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. E- even the law of attraction is a science. Absolutely. So when we talk about how things come to be, there's a phenomena that occurs with everything in science as it came to exist. Same thing in sociology, same thing in psychology. One of the things that I find distinctively different about black Americans, and I'm specifying black Americans because I see this differently in Africans. I see this differently in people who are black from the Caribbean. Black Americans have a traumatic response to anything that is shameful. Mm. Mental illness is one of them. Mm -hmm. Homosexuality is another. Mm -hmm. Racism is another. And when we think about how our conditions in this country for so long have slowly moved up the trajectory to where black people in America still have 70 years on the books towards getting out of poverty when white folks who are poor only have one generation to get out of poverty. We have to make sense of why that is. And so the phenomena that exists to explain that has to incorporate a transitional and trajectory history of if you were in this country and you were given opportunities to educate yourself, to work, to to inform your children, to buy property, and at every encounter, or let's say even four out of five encounters, you came against discriminatory reactions to who you are as a person, how do you explain that? That doesn't start with what's happening now. Mm-hmm. That starts with what happened then to get to where you are right now. So when we educate our children about why it is that still so many black kids have the highest incidence of asthma, why so many black kids have the highest incidence of growing up in impoverished communities, when we have so many kids who are still so far behind in their learning than other ethnic groups that come even from other countries into this country, we have to give reason and cause for that. And the cause and effect doesn't start with black people being black. Uh It starts with black people being discriminated against as it started 400 years ago. But why why go back? Why not... You know, why not focus on now? Right. Like, um, you know, and I I use this example a lot and I'll use it again uh, because I think it works in this context uh, is if you are in a car and you want to get to a destination and you put a destination in on your GPS system, 
Uh, if an hour ago or two hours ago you took the wrong turn somewhere, the GPS doesn't take you back to where you started in order to get you to your destination. It recalibrates where you are at that current moment and takes you to your destination. And so, yes, there are a lot of causes of why we are where we, we are uh, and, and some of the things that are happening today. Um, I actually write about a lot of those things in my, my book. Make sure you go check it out, <laughs> 444book.com. Uh, you know, we talk about that on a wake-up call. But um, why not, why focus on the past, right? And, like, why not just recalibrate and say, all right, the, these are the injustices, this is what's happening, or this is our current state of affairs right now. What do we need to do to move forward? And let's do it. Well, I want to add to that. Um, you mentioned it earlier about other cultures honoring their their Experience. experiences. And even this morning, and oftentimes, I reflect on my personal experiences, and I think about all of the negative things that I overcame and came through, and that strengthens me. <coughs> so when you think about us as a culture, and you take slavery, and the fact that we, our, our ancestors, nursed from their breast other people's children, the fact that we built so we built this country. If you look at it in that from that perspective and you say, well, if I made it through this, if my people made it through this, how much more can I do today? So I think when we look at it as embracing those things and embracing the stories that we hear about Harriet Tubman and all of these different people who made it through, who made these changes. Everybody knows, if you know me personally, you know that I am strongly connected to Harriet Harriet Tubman and she gives me strength because I'm like, hold on, we was around the same height and she was able to do all of these things in such a a very, you know, crazy time. Mm -hmm. So if she can do that, why can't I? Do whatever. So I think when you take when you look at it from that perspective and not being ashamed, but understanding that there would be no America if it weren't for us. Yes, we went through traumatic times, but to think about how strong our people truly are instead of being ashamed of it, instead of feeling, you know, down and out or trying to hide it. I don't know. I don't know if it's that like like I'm well aware of a lot of that that happens. But I'm I'm not ashamed of slavery, but I'm but I'm also I'm also not gonna celebrate be, it too. Though, yeah, or be right? angry. I, I, j- I I'm do. Not, so so like I'm not angry about slavery. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not ashamed about slavery. I I don't embrace slavery because I, I know I know my people. Like that's mm-hmm. not my people. Like we were enslaved, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning that people took us, right? So I will give you an example. Not the idea of slavery itself, but no, I but do you, think the strengths that we that can pull out from it. If if I like I don't need to right like like you know like I don't need to go to jail and overcome jail to know mm-hmm. my strength, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. I, like I know that I'm, like I'm, I'm a strong guy. I don't need to go to go to jail for that to happen. And so, if somebody had a moment where they messed up, they they, they were imprisoned, mm-hmm. uh, and then they get come home, I don't. And, and that's just me. And that's why I'm, I'm asking you, you know, as a psychotherapist, mm-hmm. that for me, I'm, I wouldn't focus on the times I was locked up and like, yo, man, ain't nobody, ain't nobody snatched my. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yo, I held him down. I do like, agree like, that like, I'm not gonna do that. What I'm gonna do though is I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on like, yo, when I was home, or I'll focus on the things that will matter will matter now, like because I'm not in jail anymore. Well, let me let you me know? add to that. Yeah, I I I'm trying to 
get into the space where you are saying what you're saying and respect it as such that it's a thought around how do we see ourselves today mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. can we do to empower ourselves, educate ourselves, acknowledge our strength and, and be in the now so that we can make conscious decisions about what we do, how we are, how we embrace, Absolutely. talk about things, etc. And I think that we can, but this this new way of existing where people are more self-aware, more conscientious is a new evolution. And it's not quite in the same evolution of black power 40, 50 years ago, but it is a new evolution of people embracing black love, black naturalness, black whatever we talk about in terms of our language and our our conversations. And I think that's an awesome experience to be a part of right now. Mm -hmm. That, however, is still to me a very small percentage of our black population. Mm -hmm. If we talk about 14% of black Americans in this country and of that 14%, a majority are still considered one of the largest underclasses in every part of the social, economic, residential, housing, all the different strata that we could look across across data. There's something concerning to me about that because what you're talking about are those enlightened black people Mm -hmm. that might not feel that talking about a time that didn't exist for them is Mm -hmm. not relevant to now. Mm -hmm. But there is a larger percentage of black people whom are affected by the fact that they have not come up from slavery. Really, there's so many people that have been disenfranchised for generations and their families have not been able to get out of disenfranchisement. Why does that exist? That's not because they're not conscious all the time. That is because there are systems in place to keep them from coming up from that position. Right, and, and So I, that's I why to me it matters. No, but, but and, and I agree though, right? But I think that the answer isn't enlightening them about the situation, right? Because who cares? Not who cares, but like even if you enlighten them about the situation, the situation is still the situation. No, so I, don't, how- I don't agree. Okay. I don't agree. Yep. I think this is how the mind shift happens. Mm-hmm. If you have quote unquote unwoke black folks, right. which are, there are many, walking this earth that are as a result of impoverished thinking and an impoverished lifestyle have continued to make choices against their health, their well-being, their sanitary conditions, their mental well-being, their physical health based off of the post-slavery traumatic experience, Mm -hmm. then they're not conscious, Mm -hmm. Ash. They're unconscious. Mm -hmm. And therefore, they have a direct impact on the culture Mm -hmm. because that means they keep the culture in a certain stagnant place. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that has everything to do with people's psychology. We know that if you if you look back in some research as to how the infrastructure of the projects was created, it mm-hmm. was created so that people could not get out. It was right. like a maze for rats right. so that they could never see daylight. They could never get out of the system. They could infiltrate a, 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 a construct that would only allow them to go but so far so that they would recreate generations of cyclical poverty. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've seen across America mm-hmm. with black people. So that then has an impact on how they think of themselves how they feel about their circumstances, what kind of trajectory they 
have for their children. You know, and I know, just walking down the street in New York, how many times you can hear black mothers cursing at their children, right. how many mm-hmm. times you can hear, I've heard little kids on the train calling each other the N-word. Right, right. Okay, so where does that come from? And that has not anything to do with the fact that people want to be in conditions where they don't thrive. That's not human nature. Right. People want to be in conditions where they can thrive, but if they do not know what thriving is, mm-hmm. then they're living unconsciously. Right, but, can, but can't we show them what thriving what thriving is by showing them current examples, not going back, right? Because Brother Malcolm said the greatest mistake of the movement has been trying to organize a sleeping people around specific goals. You have to wake the people up first, then you get action. Why are they asleep? Because... We're going to have to um, talk about that on the next show. <laughs> so thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we're running out of time. I love this conversation. Me too. Sister we got to have Asha. a part two for this Yeah, one. we have for to. Sure. For sure. We got to be a part two. two. Sister Asha, thank you so much. My pleasure. For coming. Thank you. And we're so gonna, you oh, sorry. No, I was trying to get the get the. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm doing the boards. There we go. Yeah, you can talk to Oh, where can everybody I'm find you? Find me on Instagram at Ashatari Mental. That's the best place. Ashatari Mental Instagram. All right. D West, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram, D.WESC151, on Facebook, Dennis West. Tashima Jones. You can find me at TashimaJones.com. All of my social all of my contact information is there. <laughs> and you can check me out, KanyeWest.com. I'm joking. You can find oh, me at IamAshCash.com. Become my friend on Facebook, Facebook.com slash IamAshCash. Follow me on Twitter, Twitter.com slash IamAshCash. And I'm on Instagram too, Instagram.com slash IamAshCash. Till next week, same time, same, same place. place. Peace. You are now tuned in to the Ash Cash Show. Your number one source for financial motivation. Get your mind and your money right.